This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ladies and gentlemen, yes. please welcome D-Tech Smith and Steve Mix. You are now entering the Megacast. All right, I mean, let's just talk about it. Yeah, yeah, let's get let's get right to it. This is going to be a weird, like, flash-forward episode of the Megacast. Correct. Because uh, I already recorded a chat with AEW, former WWE legend. The, he was known as the big show in the WWE. He's now Correct. Paul White. Goes by his actual name. You know him. One of the largest men in the world of professional wrestling and truly one of the nicest guys Ted would not know because, well, he's also one of the most punctual, overly punctual, I guess, an early riser. Uh, guys I've ever met. Right. Ironic, too, as I remember Paul Reiser. Uh, <laughs> right. So, right, Migsy hits me on Monday. Hey, he's coming in. He'll be here at 1130 sharp. I said, don't worry. I'll make sure I'm in there earlier yep. so we could do the interview. And then I had to do some stuff this morning. <laughs> I'm literally, I didn't even walk to the train. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take an Uber so I make sure I'm there on time. Yep. And like, as I'm getting in the Uber, makes it through with the text. It's like, just heads up, dude. He's going to get here early. So I'm like, I couldn't tell if you, I don't remember. I thought you said you were just going to do the interview. Uh, or you might have to do it I early. Might do, I might have to do. It, I might have to do it without you if you're not here. Don't no worries if you can't get okay, here in time. Because right. I had no idea how early. So I get. So AW hits me up and like, hey, we want to have uh, Paul on. I'm like, yeah. Could any chance he could be here at 11:30? Because that would work out perfect. Because he wanted to come in on a Wednesday. I'm like, we yeah. could do the mega cast with Paul White. I figured that would be a blast. Right. Like, I'm pumped. You're he's, pumped. He's the coolest guy. I've, I've, I've quickly met him before. Super nice. He's always great in interviews. I was like, you know, because I was like, we could do a hardcore wrestling interview, or it could be like a fun one with me and Ted just kind of like being goofs and I right. think and knowing him he'd probably be a goof with us as well while getting in obviously the stuff about all elite wrestling because they're here this weekend for collision on Saturday night and then part of a dynam- uh, wrestle dream which is the big pay-per-view that's happening on uh, Sunday alleliterestling.com just go to their socials you can get information about getting tickets and all that good stuff so uh, Adam who's part of the AEW team he messages me and he's just like hey uh, I'm with Paul right now and mind you, this is at 10.25 in the morning. And again, we we're going to do this at 11.30. Uh, uh, we're on our way to you. Uh, we might get there a little bit earlier. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. I'm thinking, okay, maybe they're at SeaTac. So, you know, they'll probably still get here at 11-ish. And I bet Ted will be here. I'm like, that sounds great. So and I texted you, hey, heads up. There's yeah. a chance. We might be doing the interview. I wish I would have said, if we're doing the interview and you see us in there, just come on in. But I was like, I had a feeling still that you were going to be here in time. I was like, cool. And then he's asking if the interview's live or can they do the interview early? I'm like, yeah, we could do it early because I was getting the vibe that they needed other things to do as well. Like they weren't going to be able to stay very long. Right. Like yeah. they're not the only, we're not the only interview they're doing in town. So I was like, yeah, no problem. So again, 1025. All that right. Happens. Now, 1035, 10 minutes later, I get a text from him that says, we are here. I was like, what? You're already here? Like, so I'm like, and he's like, we're heading up floor 14, right? I was like, yeah. But I'll come down because I don't think the elevator will bring you up without any card access because it wouldn't. Like our, our floor is like completely like Fort Knox. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I go down. Like I got to get the room ready. 
I was like, I'll just quickly text Ted and just say, hey, they're already here. Once you get here, just come in. But I didn't have a chance because I'm like, oh, crap. So I go over to the door and they're just waiting at our door. I was like, security brought them up, which I get. I mean, you see a guy that's like seven he, foot something. But you know. He's important. Right. And he was, in, I mean, he's wrestled for so long. Right. It's like, right. As soon as, right you, you know it's him. You're just like, how do I know this guy? Right. And the last thing you want to do is leave this guy downstairs. Right. So yeah. then I walk in, the light's already on. So I'm like, ah, right. They're in there. And I thought about it, but I was like, Man, I don't know. Migs knows so much about wrestling. Like, they're already in it. And, and it's hard to explain to people. Interviews could just be odd. Yes. So I've never met him. I was just like, uh, and, and the way the studio's set up, there's really only one way to look in. It's this one little. And it's tiny. It's tiny. It's like a little. So it's, I like, just, it's like what? Like three inches wide? Right. Of a window. So, right. Remember like elementary school or something? Those yes. doors are all solid except that one slither. Yeah. Sliver. That's what this is. So I look at Steve's talking. I'm like, all right. But I couldn't. I I just assumed, number one, you guys were already mid-interview. And then number two, I was like, man, if he's got a team in there, I don't want to be the guy just like, oh, hey, it's me. Yeah. So the funny part is on my side, he comes in and I'm like, okay, I think Ted's probably going to be here soon enough. It's like 1040-ish at this point, right? All right. And he starts telling me a story off the air that is Dude, insane. Like, it was a great right. story. I was like, dude, we can put on the mics and talk about it. He goes, no, 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 I don't want to talk about this on the air because it was just like, it wasn't anything that's like incriminating, but it was a pretty insane story that I think he just was like, in a lot of colorful language. It's just like, you know, a lot of F-bombs, but it was like, holy smokes, we just talk about some media stuff over the years. And it was, it was awesome. Like, he couldn't be cooler. And I'm having a blast. Just listen, I'm laughing my face off. The guy he's with, he's awesome as well. Like, we're all just having a really good time talking. And I'm like, please, Ted, show up. Please. And I even said, hey, he's like, he's like, so are you cool to do this, like, now? Or, like, do we have to, like, is that, like, we feel bad that we got here so early? I'm like, no, it's totally fine. I was like, there's a chance the guy I do the show with, Ted, my buddy, he was thinking you guys were going to be here at 1130. So he's going to be here, but he's running late according to where we're at right now. Right, according right. to the new time right, schedule. Now we're an hour early. He's still going to be early, but now he's late. Um, but I was like, know, that was the worst thing. Which is hilarious. So I was just like, so he might barge in. He's like, oh, all right. He's like, well, what's his name? I'm like, it's Ted. He's like, oh, I'm going to give him a hard time when he comes in. I'm like, perfect. Damn it. I was like, perfect. So I see you through this little slit of a window, and I thought you looked at me, and I gave you like the thumbs up waving. I was like, we're good. Come in. Because like literally we started five minutes into us doing the interview, maybe five, seven minutes into the interview. Yeah, like you, right. When you came out, you were like, we weren't that deep into it. I'm like, S. Yeah, you literally, I saw you walk in and then I see you and I'm like, okay. And I see you with your, your mug and you walked off. I'm like, oh, yeah, I bet he's getting like himself a coffee to come in here with. That's cool. And then I see you and then you're sitting at your computer. I'm like, all right. He's clearly checking his emails. Maybe. I, I, right, I at like, this point, I don't know how long it's been going on, yeah. and I sent you a text, but obviously you're not going to check your phone. I thought maybe it was just on your counter. I wish so I did. So then I felt bad as yeah. I was like, I don't want to just barge in there. Yeah. And a little, you'd already told him, and he's like, yeah, cool, I'll give him that. Yeah. And, and it's like, it. oh man. And I'm like waiting, and I'm looking, and I'm like, do I just say, hold on a second, Paul, open the door, and be like, yo, Ted, get in here. I was like, that seems very, I mean, he told me some stories of very unprofessional situations he's been in in the world of media, but I was like, do I add to these stories or do I keep this going? Because it is going well. But I was like, oh man, we're talking about college hoops because right. he played college basketball. That's where my head was too. If I had just walked in, right? And so here we are, both of us are looking out for each other. Yeah, looking out for him. But honestly, all of us were expecting you to walk in, 
give you a hard time, and then we could talk about some fun, because there's a great story about him playing basketball with Xavier McDaniel. Right, because as soon as I see Steve, he tells me that, and I go, damn it, I, I was ready. I was going to, he's a shocker. And Steve's like, what? I go, he went to Wichita State, and he goes, dude, we, what'd you say? You go, we talked about Wichita State for 10 minutes. I was like, yes. Gee, like, come on. He's talking about playing basketball with Xavier McDaniel, like, like yeah. at midnight with the other, X-Man. Yeah, and actually, it's a great story. Spoiler alert, it's in the interview. <laughs> but I was like, I heard that, like you, that Xavier McDaniel, in a way, predicted that you'd become a wrestler. And he shares this great story about how, like, he was at Wichita. He's like, dude, yeah, I'm going to go pro. And Xavier McDaniel's just like, you're going to get cut by another team from another country. You're not that good. He's like, you should become a wrestler. He's like, I'm not going to become a wrestler. He's like, no, you should become a wrestler. You're so big. Look, you had long hair at the time. He's like, you should be like, you should go in there and become like the son of Andre the Giant going in there to avenge his death. Fast forward X amount of years. Right, and that's that's what they did. He became the giant, the son of Andre the Giant, all predicted by Xavier McDaniel. That's wild. I was like, Xavier what? McDaniel was a wild dude, too. Yes. I mean, he has <laughs> See, just stories. You, you could have been went into that part. <laughs> and, and like, as we were talking, I knew this story, and I was saving it solely to tee you up. Because I know you love college sports. Yeah. I was like, here's a great story. I was like, I'm going to be like, Ted, I'm like, you know, Paul, tell Ted about the time that you... But Xavier McDaniel and he said you were going to become a pro wrestler. I'm like, there's my spot. Like I could dip out, and now it's like Ted and Ted and Paul could bond over some stuff. You know, I'm always thinking like that. We're talking about cars. He's talking about NASCAR. I'm like, this is a perfect spot, dude. It would have been the perfect interview. I know. You, Ted. I know. That's what makes it even worse. Uh, and you're just number one, there. I'm, number one, right? I'm bummed. But then, right? Oh, I'm over there. I'm just like, this is uncomfortable. I don't know what to do. So finally, uh, after like two minutes, I was like, ah, oh, I'm just not going to barge it because I just. I don't, I wasn't sure. I wish you would just walk close enough so I could be like, get it. I tried, here. like, I see, yeah. that's the, I didn't see your first hand signal. And then I tried, but every time I looked over, like, oh. like you were like talking. So that's why I was like, honestly, I was like, ah, screw it. He's in the flow. I don't yeah. want to mess up the flow. Oh, man. It's a, an unfortunate thing. Unfortunate. I'm sure it's still a great interview. It's fine. It's yeah. Fine. You, no you, kidding. It's, yeah. It's you seemed pumped when you were done. Yeah. He was awesome. He's yeah. a storyteller. That's it just makes it worse. Yeah. And I wasn't right. I was only late because they showed up early. I, that's the most infuriating part. I'm like, Ted is late because he's early. Like, this makes like, because like, I walked in and I go, the one time a guest is early. Because it, like, Never. Don't get me wrong. A lot of them will show up right on time. Yep. But it is just rare that people show up that early. Sometimes they're 10 minutes early. Right. And that's even like, what do we do for the next 10 minutes? Like, how do we handle this? Like, I'm not used to somebody being, you know, you're not used to them. He was over an hour early. Yeah. Like, for instance, an like, hour and like, like Scott, right? We both know Scott to put on Cantana Fest and all yeah. that. Like, when he brought in Sean Kemp, they showed up like... Half hour early. And it was almost like awkward as I was like, man, Sean, I hate to tell you this, but you're just going to have to kind of chill for me. And he right. was like, he was super cool. He's like, oh, no worries. Right. Blah, blah, blah. But you're right. That was shocking they were that early. I feel like it's like that's what we do as radio people. We always downplay what we do for a living and we like, we feel bad. We're like, I'm so sorry you have to wait a half hour for us. But it's yeah. like they would do that for, you know, uh, Jimmy Fallon. I mean, Grant went on that level, but you know what I mean. You're right. Uh, and yeah. generally, look, that's the other thing too. It's not like, that's just one wrestler I know. I know. And I was sitting there last night after my podcast going over his Wikipedia. I was like, all right, I'm ready. I had a great story about meeting Michael Jordan, who recognized him. I was like, oh, there's, throughout the entire interview, I was like, Ted would love this story. And I'm like, well, and I see you right there. I'm like, Ted would totally love this story. And like, I We're like know, a bad couple. We are. We are. We have to learn communication. <laughs> you would think by now. Why didn't you save me, honey? I didn't want him hitting on me. <laughs> 
I thought you liked it. I thought you liked his back rubs. That's basically what we're doing right now. I didn't want to interrupt you. I wanted you to interrupt. I now I'm so mad. I'll make dinner and do the dishes tonight, honey. Fine. Fine. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Do we dare do a quick TED Talk? I don't have one written. <laughs> Show up on time. Yeah, I can run you through sports real quick. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll do a little sports, <laughs> right. and then we'll talk to Paul White. You know him at the big show, and now he's part of all the wrestling, and they're going to be here this weekend. Spanning <laughs> <laughs> the globe to bring you the constant variety of sports, the thrill of victory. The agony of defeat. Yep. This is the Ted Smiths. Wide world of sports. Brought to you by Smith Family Popcorn. Good people. Great popcorn. Uh, let's see. Mariners update. I haven't checked their record right now. Here's the deal. If you're a Mariners fan, they got to win out. Yes. They right? have to. They Right. I... I it's not like sorta of. like they basically they got to do what you got to beat the you got to beat the Astros today right today's Wednesday so they have one more with the Astros they have yeah they lost the first one they won yesterday incredible win yesterday that was awesome it was I thought they were gonna try to give it away there at the I end no dude I got so nervous <laughs> even though they were up like what was it, like six one or something like that right they and then six two so you got to beat the Astros today and then you're gonna have to sweep four games. From the Rangers, who own you this season, who just swept the Mariners last weekend, who haven't only lost once all season against the Mariners. Yeah, I mean, look, I, it's fun that it's the end of the year; they're still around, but I just, I don't think they have the arms or the. No. I don't. I'm not sure they have the bats for it either. It's in. It, it's frustrating that. Yeah, man. Like I think you can win these. This, you can win tonight. You win tonight. You got okay. Now you've moved up. I think you've now jumped ahead of the Astros for the wild card spot. I believe you're a half game behind them right now. I thought it was just division at this point. I I keep getting confused. No, there's still hope for wild card. Is there? Yeah, right, right. So, and I know, like, I then want to say Texas did lose last night. Texas that lost. It. The Blue Jays lost. That's important as well because right. they're another one of the wild card teams. So you really need you need to beat the Astros. You got to hope for at least two of the four games against Texas to win. Otherwise, I mean. Right, that's what was disappointing about last weekend. Yeah. Like, just like, man, you ha- you just had to get a couple. Just a couple. Now you got to play them four times, which Correct. could work out to their advantage. It could. I don't I could, think look. So. I hope I am wrong. I I hope so too. I hope I I I, I predicted that they're going to make the playoffs in a bet versus BJ. I don't think I'm going to win that bet. I really hope I win it. A, that way I don't have to pay for breakfast. But then that means that the Mariners are going into the world into the playoffs. If you do lose, which I hope you don't, I say you go breakfast burritos. Breakfast burritos. Oh, you always go breakfast burritos, don't you? You know what, man? Being the plant-based weirdo that I am, it's too much of a pain in the D to even figure it out, so I just get a big-ass coffee. <laughs> I don't even enjoy breakfast. Well, what, I mean, what do you know? What do you buy? for? Isn't the bet that you have to buy the rest of the show? Starbucks. Breakfast? Oh, just Starbucks. Yeah, it's okay. easier. Right, it's right, right downstairs. So it's, it's not that hard. It's not, it's not a process. No one has to drive to go get it. It's simple. Everyone gets, gets think, whatever I they want from go, Starbucks. I say you go over the top. Just figure out a way to get, like, even if you don't eat one, just like you just get them, like, awesome breakfast burritos. And honestly, shout out to my brother. He's a prince of all. I was there, like, the beginning. I was like, what was it, last year? Or maybe it was this year. And I was like, ooh, you got leftover breakfast burritos? He's like, I had to get a bunch for school. We had to do something with the teachers. Uh-huh. And he goes, I would offer to get different stuff. They all love these burritos, so I just go get these. I'm like, That's hilarious. Nice. So the Mariners, there's the Mariners. Sounders actually won a game last week. They got a new crest. 
I like it. Actually, it looks pretty cool. I'm just, I'm so used to the one we had in MLS. I'm just like, yep. there's a lot of history there. But actually, it looks dope. It looks cool. It looks really good on like, just, the mock-ups on the jersey. Just, just don't change it again. No. Just stick with it. Do you think it's weird that they unveiled their new logo for their new uniforms while they're still playing right now with this season? Like, why wouldn't you wait till the off season to then unveil it and be like, now they're available. And then when you, next time you see them play, they'll be wearing these. You know what I mean? It's an odd time to just unveil the jerseys or the logo. Yeah. I haven't really thought about that one. I think maybe you, yeah, right. Maybe it's to help sell merch or the old stuff this year. I guess. I get it while it's still here. Uh, yes. Because the players are still wearing the old jerseys. Correct. So, I yeah. mean, I, I don't know why, but it does look cool. I like the, uh, the orca kicking the ball with the tail. Yeah. I like that. And I'm glad he's back. Yeah. Uh, also, frankly, I'm just glad everybody likes it. I was I was waiting for, usually Sounders Twitter can be a, a lot of uh, talk at ass, but everybody seems to like it, so I'm like, cool. Yeah, I've seen a couple of negative ones, but for the most part, people are like, either like, eh, all right. Or people are like, I like, and I'm I'm not a huge Sounders fan, but like, I'm like, that is a cool looking. It's just simple and it looks good. I mean, look, I American soccer is a little different. As an Arsenal fan, you're kind of used to the crest, just kind of look. But when you go back through history, there has been subtle changes to it over time. So sure. I guess it's not that crazy. Uh, let's see, Seahawks, nice win. Yes, right. They're getting healthy. Should have one of the tackles back this week. Uh, Jamal Adams has been cleared to be a full participant in practice. <laughs> Monday Night Football, baby. Monday Night Football. Kind of ironic because they're playing the Giants. Yes. Remember when I was a Washington fan? You were a Giants fan? No more. Yeah, look at us. <laughs> Both rooting against our old teams. I know. And then the main thing I want to bring up, also, shout out to the Cougs. They're ranked in the top 25. They took down Oregon State. Their quarterback is awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, put that aside. Because Saturday night, Steve, I went and watched the Washington Huskies play football. Yes. I, that might be the best college football team I've seen with my own eyes. They are really they are that good. Michael Pennant, that's what I'm saying. The kid out of Washington State, I can't remember his uh, is it Cam Ward or not Cam, something. He's he's Cam very Ward's a goalie. Right. He's he's very good. Penix and that offense is just on another level, right? Penix is gonna play on on Sundays. You got two wide receivers that are going to play on Sundays on that team currently, if not more. You got a defensive edge who's going to play on Sundays. And I want to say they have a deep. Washington is just that good. And look, they played Cal, and I get it. But like, you got to keep in mind, I don't think Penix has played in a fourth quarter in the last couple games. And he's still putting up crazy That's numbers. Insane. I mean, like, was it the big Penix energy, the shirts that they were selling? Yeah. I mean, right. The tailgate was great. Went to a couple different ones. We were having fun. What'd you eat? Uh, first tailgate, actually, uh, shout out to Mike. They had some men's room sausage and then his buddy, uh, marinates a bunch of like, uh, kind of like a, I don't know what, what steak is that? Like, you know, like the flat like a flank steak. Yeah. Just kind of flat and thin. Yeah. He marinates them overnight. I, that's my style of tailgate, right? They, like, that's just, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's women there too. Usually there's some kids, but that's just, my kind of tailgate. No broads. I was like, just, no children. But just, you know what I mean? There's more than enough beer. We just, brought, we brought extra beer. Just men and meat. Yeah. And they just, they don't put it on rolls. They, there's a couple rolls there if you want them. They're like, they just cut and they're Take like, it. will you please eat some? You know me. I'm yeah. like, like, especially now with all the like, got up the protein. I'm like, I don't mind at all. Yeah. Cause you don't have to twist my arm. Right, so then we go to a second tailgate down there on E1, right on the edge where everybody's got to walk by. That was great. We were I wanted to get into the stadium to see like the pregame stuff. We didn't. They, obviously, 
7.30 kick. Everybody's having fun. The line at 7.15 to get in was massive. Oh, I can only imagine. And then we had seats way up in the 300s, man. How's the view, though? It's got to be good. The view was good. That is just the highest I've sat in a stadium in a while. Yeah. And look, I won't lie. Between tailgating, standing around, walking all those stairs, I was like, man, I'm happy to sit down. Yeah. But by the time we got to our seats, they were up 14 nothing off a punt return in a, in a pick six. So then we're like, this is unreal. <laughs> the offense hasn't even really started yet. Right. Penix comes out and we're like, all right, here we go. And I mean, just precision. Down the field, boom, 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 tutty. I was just like, it's unreal. And then they just kept scoring. So if I, I mean, by the time the third quarter kicked off, like half the stadium's empty. And now I'm like, Am I, and, and to my buddy's credit, he's an alumni. He's like, I think we should save the second half. And I said, well, look, it's it's pissing rain. Luckily, we were undercover. I know I want to watch that F one race. Like, just hop on the light rail. Like, we'll come get you. But I'm like, I'm gonna bail. And then he's like, Oh my god, you're right. And like, by the time we got to the light rail, I mean, it was shoulder to shoulder. Like everybody, everybody. Yeah, yeah. just. I mean, that game was out of hand. And like, I I don't blame people for leaving. But like, yeah, it was it was it was wild. I mean, I just I can't get over how good that team is. Damn. Do you think so? So what are we looking at for Penix? Like, is he a top five draft pick next year? I mean, the only person I would put above him right now is Caleb Williams down mm-hmm. at SC because he's the reigning Heisman Trophy winner and just is that good. But, yeah, I, somebody's going to be super happy to have Michael Penix. Yeah. Like, he'll be a top ten pick. That's impressive. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That that team is good. DeBoer, shout out to DeBoer. He, so he, when he was at Indiana, I believe, coaching – that's when he recruited Penix. They built a relationship. When he got this job, Penix came out with him. And that guy's just a winner. Like, he hasn't coached at the biggest schools, but I heard a stat this morning. It's like, look, if he takes over your program, they win. And just, and also, like, Washington State's good this year. It's just, man, Washington just, again, just my eyes. They just seem like they're on another That's level. That's got to piss off all the kooks. They're just like, we're finally, we got the team. Yeah. Oh, crap. They've got a monster team. Yeah. And yeah. the Pac twelve, it's so crazy that conference is falling apart. Right? Cause you got you got what? I mean, Oregon's super good. Yep. SC's still top ten. Maybe everyone together U- is holding each other back. Utah, I don't think, has lost a game yet. It's unreal. This is like the dominant year for that conference. And it, it's exploding. That is hilarious. Now look, I don't mind that much because SC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington are coming into the Big Ten. So it's like that'll make us look better. Yeah. Also, Terps are four and zero. I don't know who we. I don't know who we. What we got to do to get ranked? <laughs> Hopefully, we'll beat up on Indiana this week, and then we have Ohio State. But five and zero, I hope would get us a ranking going into Ohio State. That's going to be a national TV game. So you're not ranked yet. No, we're just outside. Okay, but, it, but like we. The problem is like we get off to slow starts, but every game we've won by at least fourteen points. Damn. Yeah, so it's like they're not bad. They just, I don't know, because I watched the Maryland game before I went to the Husky game. There's just little times where it's like, come on, Maryland, like just make that last play, step on their necks. Like we threw a yep. pick in the end zone. I was like, God damn it. It's so funny. Like as a fan, like I just want to see my team win. But like when it comes to rankings, like they need to like be just dominant forces. They need to just like bitch slap every single team that they're going up against. And I'm just like, well, they won the game. It's not going, being 4 0, shouldn't that be enough for everybody? But it's not. Right. And like, look, when I watch the Hawks games, when there's stuff going on good, I'm loud. 
But I had a couple of buddies over that were going to come tailgate with us during the Maryland game. And I was like, dude, you got to move out in front of the TV when you're talking. And they're like, you all right? And I'm like, oh, you've never watched a Maryland game with you, have you? And they're like, no. And I'm like, this is a different level of intensity. And I'm so used to us. It's a religious experience. Right. I'm so used to us not being such a solid program. And I'm like, yeah. And now I'm like defending. They're like, well, they're not nationally known. I'm like, well, we're not. But we got to play effing. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, every year in our division. So yep. it's like we win the games generally we should the last couple of years. Yeah, it's just you're playing a, a bunch of powerhouses. We got to knock off one of those big three this Let's year. Let's go. This Hopefully is the year. bastards from Penn State. Yeah. F them. F them. I hate them. F them all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's mostly sports. It was dope watching F1 after they did came Did you to. see, real quick, uh, did you see the, the, the fan that threw a ball at George Kirby, the pitcher for the Mariners? All right. I, I, I saw it last I was recording my podcast, so I yeah. saw the highlights. My theory is is he didn't know what he was doing. Uh, that's I believe you are right. I think from what everything I sounds like, it sounds like he thought he was he caught a foul ball and he thought the tradition was to throw it back into the crowd. Right, because like a lot of parks do this now, but traditionally it was Fenway and those bleacher bums where the yeah. Cubs play. If an opposing team hit it over there. Wrigley. Wrigley or Wrigley, yeah. right. I said Fenway, yeah. my bad. No, Thank I know you. what you mean though. Right. They would throw it back onto the field. Yep. But not foul ball. Not a foul ball. And yeah, not like a random one when the pitcher's about to throw another pitch. Like, here's the, the play by play. It was just great. Pitch count is in good shape for Kirby. Yep. Scott. Oh, boy. Get this picture there. What happened? Did somebody get thrown on the field? Yeah. Somebody threw a ball on the field and it hit Kirby? That is ridiculous. We can confirm that came from the stands 100%. Yeah, and then they show the fan. He's wearing like uh, the City Connect jersey. I know, of course. The Kelnick number I saw, on the back. I saw his mom chewing him out. It was, I don't think that was his mom. I saw some oh, people. Really? Say, it looked like, I think it was a person that works for the uh, for T-Mobile Park. Oh, okay. Because like, the whole time, though, he had like this look on his hands like, what did I do wrong? Right, so at first I saw people being like, he's just doing it for... Uh, TikTok or this or that, and I'm like, well, that would be pretty dumb if you're actually, yeah. maybe he's not a Mariners fan, but then this morning I saw some more things, I'm like, yeah, if that's a teenager that just kind of effed up, like, I, I agree, you throw him out of the game, but like, I don't know that we have to ban him for life. No. And I know the TBS announcer's like, ban him for life. I'm like, oh, he doesn't look like he knows what he did was wrong. Granted, stupid. And like, also, why are you throwing it at the pitcher? And I don't know if you saw the video, but Kirby, and I know... It was probably unnerving because all of a sudden you just feel something hit your like your stomach or graze by your stomach. Yeah, his face looked like he got shot. Like he looked like oh, and I'm like, did it really? Or was it I, just? I think it was more just panic. It's the shock. Yeah, just right. Like it's the no, funniest face, right? Because at no point would you expect a ball to come out of nowhere. And I'm like, uh, service is like, what the hell just happened? Everyone, I guess Kirby thought it was the umpire and threw it at him. And he's like, why the hell is the umpire doing? And then he realized it was some kid. And he's like, yeah, that's messed up. But hey, the kid got a pretty good arm. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm dying to know what the end of that story is. I want to know from that kid. Like, yeah, what exactly were you thinking? Was it an innocent thing or were you just trying to be funny? <laughs> so crazy. I, I was watching it live when that happened. And I was like, what the hell just happened? And then I, and it was weird also because like if a streaker streaks on a field, they cut away. They don't show they it. They cut right. They But in this situation which bums me out. I know me too. I kinda wanna see how I hate it's it. Gonna... Especially in college games, like somebody's just running on the field, like shout it, shout it. But I get the argument, oh, we don't want to encourage people doing this. But then you got this guy, he just threw a baseball at the pitcher for the Mariners, and they're showing six different replays of it. And I'm like, are we 
Do you want to encourage this kind of behavior? I'd much rather an idiot streak the field and get tackled than people throwing balls at the starting pitcher for the Mariners. All right. Also, have you seen that DJ Dallas's uh, yes photos going crazy? And yes. it's like, right, but he, he stole it from uh, the Kraken dude. Yep. And and I just think that's hilarious. Like, right, in Seattle, it was funny. And then I saw you like, this guy's, like, I saw like five national articles on it. Yeah, and everyone's like, I, even the announcers, when they first saw that, like, you won't believe his picture. And I'm like, yeah, they don't know the context to this. The context makes it even funnier. And they thought it was funny. But I'm like, he's just, he's he's, he's, he's homies with uh, Brandon Tanev. And he was doing right. the Brandon Tanev pose. Also, they're back in action. I, dude, yeah. They played two games on the same night against Calgary. Did they? Yeah, it was a split squad game. They played at oh, Time Pledge right. and they played at the Saddle Dome. They won in Calgary. They lost in Seattle. All right. I was so confused. Yeah. Watching that on Twitter. Yeah, because one minute they're winning. The other one, they're like, no, they're losing. And I'm like, wait a second. Then, right, I then did one go into overtime? The Seattle one went to overtime. We lost. And then the, the Calgary one, I think we won like 5-3. Right. But it's also, this is what I tell people all the time. Best time of year. Right? When yep. you get into October... Every major sports going, yep. right? F1, EPL going as well. You'll have playoff baseball, football's in full yep. swing. Like, right by the end of October, I think the NHL or uh, NBA actually are playing games yes. too. Yes, 100%. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's great. And, and cracking, they're going to have a, a John Forslund bobblehead night. Nice. I, I know. I'm like, Danny, we're going to that one. <laughs> it's like on a weeknight, like a Thursday night. They're giving away John Forslund bobbleheads. I'm like, we have to be there for that. I thought it was funny the other night. I was walking uh, from the light rail, and I was gonna go. Uh, was I was gonna pop into Nordstrom Rack real quick to like look at jackets, and then I'm walking by the Crackhead practice facility, and it, it didn't dawn on me that it was like opening night for like. But I'm wearing my Crackhead hat, and I'm Perfect. like, right? I'm like, you know, like giving head nods and stuff. And then when I realized what night it was, I was like, oh, Jesus, I'm glad I didn't run into a player and be like, yeah, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> you like the Kraken too? Yeah, all of a sudden I'm Canadian too. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know you were on the team. F-boys, what are you doing? Uh, all all right. right, well, there you all go. Right. That's going to be a long you know, one. In order to start off this great month of, of sports, we first got to get through this weekend, Ted, and the ultimate story, sport, professional wrestling. Yeah. Saturday at Climate Pledge Arena. Sunday at Climate Pledge Arena, the big pay-per-view, all elite wrestling. Are I, you wrestling? I think. I don't know if I'm wrestling. I'm. You'll being, be there. I'm. From what I'm told, I'm, a, I'm an extra talent for the Saturday night collision. I all still right. haven't gotten my email with all the info, but I'm told that I'm a part of it. That doesn't mean I'm going to get to wrestle, but if there's a chance I am and you're there, please take pictures and please tag me at I'm Steve Miggs because it's a memory that I'll never forget, obviously. Yeah, but I want sure. those pictures and fingers crossed I will get to wrestle at Climate Pledge Arena. I've also just got the actual invite. I am officially invited to work the Portland Dynamite show that's happening in November. Nice. I know, dude. That was kind of cool because I didn't even I didn't even hit them up about that. Like out of the blue, the guy who runs all the extra talent just emailed me. He's like, "Hey, you've been invited to to work uh, all elite wrestling in, in November. It's on a Wednesday, so I got to get some time off from work, but I'll make that happen." Nice. Yeah. All right. So we're well, bringing this all up because well, Paul White, he's now become truly like an ambassador. Yeah. For for and he's, I think he's waiting for us outside. So Ted, if you wouldn't mind stepping out. Yeah, I'll get out of here. You run this interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got this. No, no weirdness. We've been yeah. keeping him waiting. He's 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 been waiting for a while. I know. It's late. We're running late now. He looks Sorry. angry. He's 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 a big man. He's he's Paul White from All Elite Wrestling. Next here on the MegaCast. This weekend, AEW Collision is going to be happening on Saturday. We have Wrestle Dream, the big pay-per-view that's happening on Sunday. All the information is at AllEliteWrestling.com. And I can't believe I'm very excited to have Paul White here in studio with me. Paul, 
thank you for taking some time out to swing in. Anyway, thanks for having me. Good morning, <laughs> Seattle. And I probably yeah. just blew your whole microphone out. Your, your I, producer guy in the back just went, what the heck was that? Oh, he's that? flipping you off right now. It's like the I saw the picture on your Instagram, the guy smiling behind you. Dude, My producer's was, cursing you out behind you. Yeah, that's it, the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, that picture on the Instagram, I was just... I was. I said, oh, I need to do a post because I'm terrible at posting. Mm-hmm. And so I take the picture and I'm like, well, I'll just smile. That guy's serious. And as I smiled, he smiled at the exact same time. This guy's name is Craig. He's from Atlanta. And I told him the next time we come through Atlanta, I'm going to get him tickets. I got his number. It was just such a good human being reaction yes. on the silliest thing. It was a photo bomb, but I got the joke. He was great. He made me laugh. I mean... You know, it just gave me uh, confidence. They are just fun, good people out there. It was awesome because it's at, at Paul White on your Instagram. Yeah. And at first, when I saw the picture, I'm like, oh, so who's the dude behind? I was like zooming in because I didn't read the caption at first. Yeah. So I'm thinking, who is he with AEW? He's got to be a part of the crew. Yeah. And then I read the, the blurb and I'm like, that just made this picture a million times. Yeah. already a cool picture, but it just got even better. Just a photo bomb, yeah. And just the way he played the photo bomb off. And it was my fault, too, because I sure probably framed it differently mm-hmm. you know but sometimes i like shooting the plane or sitting on a plane it's just i think it's just funny to see me sitting in an airplane but the guy craig was was awesome and his son's a big fan and and he leaned forward he said yeah i told my son my son flipped out that you put that on instagram i said i got you bud it's all good i like my fans unlike some people some famous people. I actually like my fans. So. Oh, and I'm sure you have a few. Uh, I got a couple. Well, I got Craig for sure. You know, <laughs> yes, if, I got Craig one. Let's see if I can build up to two. We'll yeah, Steve in Seattle, Craig in Atlanta. There, there you go. That's um, all you. What are some memories that pop into mind? You've been to Seattle a bunch of times over the years. When you get on the plane, I don't know. I, whenever I go somewhere and I've had some great memories, so they start kind of coming back into my head as I'm on the plane starting to land. Do you have any of those? Yeah, Seattle, I always think about Key Arena. Yeah. I, I did a lot of wars in Key Arena, and I actually have done a lot of. Uh, I've got a friend of mine out here. I'm out tonight or else I would have called him. But there's a very good friend of mine in Seattle, uh, Pete Parsons, mm-hmm. who uh, runs uh, over at Destiny Games. Oh, okay. You know, and uh, Pete and I are are good car buddies. He's got some some classic cars that are just absolutely mint. And uh, Pete and I always catch up every now and then. Hey, you got to come out. We got to come lunch. If he's coming to Florida, we'll do mm-hmm. lunch. And I am the bad friend today. And uh, I did not reach out to Pete. So, Pete Parsons, I'm sorry. I'll <laughs> catch up with you next time. So, are you a car show type of person? Do you go to the car shows? And I, I, did, I did. Uh, well, Meekum was in Florida. Okay. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I've done some of the car shows. I've got some, had some classic cars. I've had uh, um, I've had a 71 Super B, a 71 Cuda convertible. I've had a, a Bentley a two-door Mulliner um, Bentley. Um, I've had, uh, let's see right now, the only two cars I have classic cars. I mean, I've had muscle cars and fast cars. I've had a Benz and a Bentley that were pretty quick. I have a Viper truck now, a 2005 two door black Viper truck that has about 14,000 miles on it. Wow. Yeah. But that's the six speed Viper engine stuff in the truck and I actually fit in it. So it's fun. (laughs) And I have a, uh, 1966, uh, Hemi charger. That's a triple black Hemi Charger. That uh, actually is a great story. I got the Hemi Charger from John Cena. So, oh, really? Yeah, there's a, there's a whole story there. I won't do all the personal rigor Moreau uh, about how I got it, but just know that- uh, Does John, he know you have it? <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> okay. he, he, he knows I have it, and he was a, 
uh, a very gracious gentleman and uh, pretty much considering what the car is worth, he pretty much gifted it to me. Wow. I wanted that 67 Charger since I was about 12 years old because I always liked – it's not the Dukes of Hazard Charger. It's a, it's one of the first years. It's the ones that really took over the NASCAR circuit with Richard Petty back in the day. And uh, it's got the longer slope rear window. And I just – it's got very straight lines. And everybody has their own personal opinion on cars, but that 66 Charger to me has always been very sexy. Mm-hmm. And uh, John had one. And um, – we were talking about it, and then you know, just being the kind of guy he is, um, I got it uh, at a great price. And yeah, he's I, just a good dude. I went to my first car show just recently. I oh, yeah? put it on, and I never. I was like, I don't know what it's even like. I never experienced it, and then I realized within minutes, I was like, I get it now. It's like people that are very proud of their cars, and they just want people to come and look at them. And I was well, like, this it's is fun. art. It's art. Yeah, so you don't really. Oh, there's a car, but when you get into some of the classic cars and some of the the rebuilds and some of the ground up restorations, where it, it's like frame up, bolt up restorations or. Uh, the all original ones that every clip, every uh, everything in the car is factor original from the type of foam in the seat to the original sticker. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an art to it. Like, you know, if you can collect coins, if you can collect um, Pokemon, right, right. you know, whatever yeah. you're into, it's the same thing. And those that appreciate the craftsmanship and the attention to detail, which I really appreciate the attention to detail and, mm-hmm. and even some of the modified car shows where they the paint jobs and the work they do yep. with the framing and the chrome it's like it's just like wow i never would have thought of that but now that i've seen it that's the only way to do it yeah you know, absolutely I, I, it, it's a lot of fun and most car people are pretty cool i've never been more fearful though bringing my my daughter's almost four having a toddler walking around these nice cars with these nice paint jobs and she doesn't understand that well I'm like, you please know, do you, not touch any of well, these what, cars. You gotta, what you gotta do is, is you gotta tell her she's gotta be uh um, you got to get her a pair of little pair of white gloves. Yes. You I should have done that. Yeah. A little pair of white cloth gloves. Mm-hmm. And then, cause you know, kids are going to want to touch and some car guys are kind of cool. As long as like, Ooh. you know, your kid hasn't stuck her finger in her nose before she <laughs> sticks it in the car. <laughs> yeah. There was one guy, a couple, they were like, does she want to sit in the car? I'm like, yeah, if you let her, of course she does. Yeah. Yeah. And that's great. And that's the thing, you know, if you do something like that with your daughter, that's, that's a great bonding moment because the rest of her life, she'll never forget going to a car show with her dad. So they're good for you for being a good dad and creating that moment. Oh, dude, so that's all I try and do now. Another great moment is taking your kids to go see wrestling, too. Yes. How do you like that segue? I, dude, you are smooth <laughs> like butter. And I was about to say, it. dude, here we are. We're talking about Key Arena. Now we've got Climate Pledge Arena. Climate Pledge. And yeah. you were there for the last one. Yes, I was. And what was your thoughts? Because, and, and, dude, the place was packed. It's gorgeous compared yeah. to, like, Key Arena. And Key Arena had so much history in there, you yep. know, but it was kind of a, it, it was a little rough yes. backstage. It, it was rough. I mean, I don't know. Like, everybody talks about how beautiful Madison Square Garden is, but Madison Square Garden, the only good thing about Madison Square Garden is the crowd and the prestige that comes with it. But other than that, it's the garden's a dump. Yes. Stage. I grew up in New York. I know exactly what you okay. mean. Yes. So, yes, it's like it's a dump to get into. It's a dump to compete in. Um, the crowd's amazing. The atmosphere is amazing. But uh, Climate Pledge Arena was like, wow, this is really nice. Like, the showers are really nice. Like, it's like, this is a luxurious locker room. Like, when you're backstage, you know, you won't, you, it's always a nice treat to be in a, uh, a nice arena. And I, I thought that some of the AEW talent that never got a chance to work at Key Arena, I'm like, oh, you guys are spoiled. You, you don't have no idea. You don't know what hard times really <laughs> is. About hard times, there are locker rooms upon locker rooms upon locker rooms. Yeah, it's it like kind yeah, of insane. You want to go find a quiet spot and chill and be with your own thoughts? You, you have that, you know. So, uh, 
great great for Seattle to uh, to get that tremendous venue and. I'm sure it's uh, going to be exciting for us this weekend. Oh, last time it was it was phenomenal. Just the crowd reaction, the, the vibe in there, and I, I highly recommend anyone who's never. I always say this, even if you're not a wrestling fan, and obviously I am, and and I, I want to make sure my daughter grows up enjoying it as well. But you go to one of the live AEW events, and you're going to just experience something that's on a whole other level. It's it's a, a type of performance and a type of art that really encapsulates a lot of different types of performances and art, but. On a whole nother, I, I, I've always been so impressed by the, the production and then the performance from the wrestlers as well. Uh, same thing, same thing with me. I think uh, I have the same um, fantasy love for wrestling. I mean, here's the thing: I wouldn't be in this business as long as I have if I'm not a fan, right? You know, and I love to see, especially now because I'm looking, at, I'm looking at it from behind the camera versus being a fan. So I look at it differently now. When you see. All the people backstage that put all the work in and how that big machine rolls together and the talent. And then you see families out there having fun. Yep. Uh, you know, people screaming for their favorites and booing for their favorites and uh, getting wrapped up in the drama and the presentation. And that's such a great thing, especially in today's world where everything is so fast paced to get quality entertainment that makes you uh to get you emotionally invested is is uh, is a cool deal. Well, do you have a favorite memory of just like the interaction with kids at a wrestling show? Because I feel um, like that's that's when it really gets to be a lot of fun to watch the, how they the kind of ki- get sucked in. The kids are cool. Um, you know, there's been so many matches over the years. Uh, I remember one time uh, wrestling it was a triple threat. It was me versus Kurt Angle versus JBL, and we were overseas and. The kid had made uh, a poster uh, um, uh, of me, and it was a good poster. And uh, Kurt Angle was a bad guy at the time, and Kurt Angle uh, rolled out of the ring and snatched the kid's poster and tore it in half. (laughs) And I really thought Kurt Angle was going to be crucified in the middle of that ring. Like, the entire atmosphere changed, because Kurt Angle's one of the best wrestlers ever, Olympic gold medalist. Uh, incredible comedic timing, and when he tore that poster, we were overseas in Europe. And when he tore that poster, you know, I, I want—I I don't remember where we were, but we were like Prague or somewhere that you might want to pay attention to what you're doing. Okay. You know? And when he tore that poster, it was like, ooh, wow, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, it worked out well, of course. You know, uh, like any company, when. Some of the heels do that. I mean, you know, the MJF is really good at, at razzing it up with them uh, with the fans. But you'll what you don't see um, off camera is the uh, marketing team and the uh, merchandise team running to make sure that 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 fan has a great experience. Because if they're going to make you a part of the show, they're going to make it a moment that you'll never forget. That so makes sense. Yeah. That's a cool thing about wrestling because you can really. Um, make those events and and the audience is the you know if there's two guys in the match or two gals in the match and a referee you know the audience is there too they're part of it they know the sayings they know the talent and and they get to be a part of it i always say it's it's one of the few forms of entertainment where you're encouraged to be vocal and loud and boo the people you don't like and cheer the people you do like but it's not like when you go to a baseball game nowadays where sometimes if you're being a little too loud and you're booing the other team there might be an usher coming over and be like hey tone it down that's what I always love about it because those multi-million dollar athletes get sensitive and somebody yells at them I gotta ask you speaking of baseball so yesterday there was a big talk with uh, the Mariners because George Kirby the pitcher at some point there was a foul ball went to the crowd one of the fans 
I guess, didn't realize how things work and took the ball and threw it back, but hit the pitcher from mm. the stands. And mm. everyone was just kind of freaking out because it's like, well, yeah, you can't be throwing a baseball as a fan at the pitcher that's playing in the game with the Mariners, and they escorted him out. But do you remember anything that's been strange that's been thrown at you while you've been in the oh ring? I got to imagine dude. you probably I, I could wrestled, write a laundry list. I wrestled in the attitude era. Yes. You know, I've I've seen drinks, of bottles, chairs, mm-hmm. uh, everything. Um, I'm trying to think. There was one match with Jericho um, where there was a. Um, it's like the scene from Caddyshack with the Baby Ruth candy bar. Okay, but it was a Metrex protein bar. Okay, chocolate one. Oh no! And it was again. It was overseas in Europe, but. Uh, I think some knew, some didn't know it was a Metrex bar, but it was in the ring and nobody was picking it up. But oh. even when you're taking bumps and moving around, <laughs> Closer to it's it. moving around. Oh, so no. the, the protein bar was getting its own reaction, like, oh, <laughs> oh. You know, if somebody would take a body slam too close to it, then see where they were and freak out and run away from it. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the funny one. I think the awkward ones are like when – Back in the old days when you would get undergarments thrown in the ring. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, you know, the the bras and all that stuff was fun. Then you get a giant pair of some dude's boxer shorts. You're like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, thanks, man, but no thanks. Yeah, like, right. You know, like, come on. Did you come with this? Did you take it off? What's going on? Yeah, like, I don't, don't want to know what's going on. I'm right. not going to look that way. I'm not looking that There's way. There's too many questions I don't want answers I to. I don't need answers to. I go the rest of my life, and, and still to this day, I don't have the answers for that, and I'm okay with it. Uh, we're here with Paul White. Paul, I, I do. Coming here to Seattle, and you mentioned the Kirina, that's a place where the Sonics, you know, obviously made their name over the years. And you recently, I heard in an interview, and I would love for you to share with our audience, because obviously we have a lot of people who love the Sonics, love the X-Man, which is uh, Xavier McDaniel. And I heard you talking about a story where, in a weird way, he predicted your future. Well, not in a weird way, he predicted your future. He did predict my future. I was at Wichita State, which X-Man went to Wichita State. So, um, before me. And uh, so X and I are in the weight room, and X was a great trash talker, and uh, uh, it was funny. My nickname, Xavier McDaniel, gave me was Big Draws. Really? Because my basketball shorts were big, <laughs> so he called me Big Draws. And uh, he was a huge wrestling fan, and uh, we were in the weight room at Wichita State, and uh, we were talking, and and uh, we had a coach that had changed, and, you know, I didn't know if I was going to stay or what I was going to do. And they had let Mike Cohen go. And uh, I was like, man, I'm going to play basketball. I said, I'll try out for every team. I'll make it in the NBA. Because, you know, you're young. You're, you're right. basketball. Right? And the heck says, you'll be the only seven-foot guy cut by the Japanese team. <laughs> he says, I'm telling you what you need to do. He says, you're big. He says, you're white. He says, you should be a pro wrestler. I'm like, man, I don't know. I said, I'm a fan, but I don't, I don't know how to wrestle. He says, man, you don't have to, man. Just I'm telling you, you just go in there and tell everybody you're Andre the Giant's son and you're here to avenge your dad's deaths. You look like Andre. You got hands like Andre. You know, I said, yeah, I know who Andre is. He says, I'm telling you, man. He says, you'll make money in wrestling. He says, if I was you, I'd be a pro wrestler. I'd like to be a pro wrestler now. And this is back then. He was still playing with his, uh, the, the Seattle back then. Wow. You know, and uh, it was funny. Uh, he might have been with. Yeah, he was with Seattle then. I was thinking it was because then he went to Phoenix afterwards, right? So yeah, I think, I think he was, so. Yeah, yeah, I think he was still with Seattle, and he was like, "Yeah, man, I'd be a pro wrestler, man. Are you kidding me? Punch them dudes, body slam them." And that was his whole thing. Then he kept trying to come up and body slam me in the gym. He tried to 
come up and pick me up. I'm like, man, stop. I mean, it's Xavier McDaniel, but at the same time, and then within a couple years, I think this happened around, I want to say 92, yeah, maybe 91, 92, somewhere around that area. Then 95, I'm wrestling Hulk Hogan as Andre the Giant's son. And I'm like, man, you know. Xavier McDaniel was a visionary. He saw the future. Did you ever have a chance to talk to him? I have not talked to X since then. My God! In all the years of traveling and doing everything I've done, I haven't run across X. And it's funny, he's from South Carolina too. You would think there had been a moment where he's on. You he's watching that, TV and he just puts his hands up in the air. He's like, "I oh, knew I'm it. sure he has. I freaking knew it. I'm sure he has. I'm sure that when we, you know, we'd run into each other, it would be a, you know." Um, WTF, man, I told you. Right. You know, and I'll just have to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, you're right, you're right. So, but he was great. Uh, X was uh, a lot of fun. We used to have the craziest pickup games at Wichita State over the summer. You'd have uh, Harvey Grant, Horace Grant's brother, uh, Barry Sanders, guy by the name of Arby Sherrard, who drafted was drafted after Michael Jordan by the mm-hmm. Bulls, and uh, Xavier McDaniel, and we'd have midnight pickup games at, at – uh, <laughs> at Wichita State back in the day over the summers, just whoever wanted to come and play. And Barry Sanders was a hell of a basketball player, too. Huh. Very fast, very – I mean, obviously he was fast, but on a basketball court, he was very fast. So a lot of fun, a lot of fun playing with those guys, a lot of trash talking. Back in the days when I had long hair and a bright future. <laughs> future son of Andre the Giant, That's too. it. Who knew? Who knew? Writing's on the wall. Is because, it, has there been an athlete that, uh, obviously, you as an athlete, have uh, been playing sports, and obviously a lot of like pro sports athletes, like NFL guys, baseball guys, basketball guys, love coming to see wrestling events. Mm-hmm. Has there ever been one where you're like looking out there and you're like, holy crap, I can't believe. They know who I am. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's one, always is Charles Barkley one time, pulling into the arena in Phoenix, Charles Barkley was leaving. He goes, big show. And I'm like, oh, my God, Charles Barkley knows who I am. Like, I had that moment of like, wow. And I love Charles Barkley. Mm-hmm. And then there was one night in Miami, the greatest, craziest night ever in sports, my sports history. It was at a place in Miami called The Forge, which is a really nice, high-end, like $150 tomahawk steaks. I was there with some other people. And – uh we're sitting in the forge, and uh, Michael Jordan comes in. Jeez. So Michael Jordan knew the people at the table, and he come, looks at me and goes, Big Show, how are you? So I stood up and shook Michael Jordan's hand. And he, obviously, we, I'd already done the Rodman stuff and all right. that controversy, so I'm sure, you know. But I was the giant then, so the fact that he still knew who I was today, I was blown away then. That was my moment where, okay, I can... I can fall over dead now. Michael Jordan knows who I am. <laughs> I have my legacy. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, Michael Jordan knows who I am. He said hi to me. He shook my hand. So charismatic and charming. And I'm like, wow. And before I could sit down, I hear Big Show, Big Show. This guy starts yelling on the other side of the restaurant, and he starts coming towards me. But he's bumping into people's chairs and whatnot, and it's O.J. Simpson. Okay. <laughs> so I just met Michael Jordan. Now OJ Simpson comes over and OJ's big hand shakes my hand and OJ was super polite. But I'm sitting there, I'm like, how do I go from Michael Jordan to OJ? With all the co- poor controversy that OJ Simpson was carrying right. at the time, you know, and still does. So then I'm like, okay, man, I need to go outside and get some air. Yeah. So I'm outside and uh, while I'm outside, just getting some breath. 
somebody slaps me on the back really hard. I mean hard. And you don't do that to a big guy unless you know him or unless you've got a a serious death wish. Especially they don't know it's coming. Especially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I turn around and it's Rodman. <laughs> and then Rodman's trying to get me to, to to go overseas with his buddy overseas. Oh, just come over, man. They'll give you make like two hundred grand. Just come over and ask it. No, I'm good, man. I'm right, good. right. I'm good. I'm good. And and Dennis is so wild and crazy, and and uh, like he's just a wild cat. And then uh, Dennis is like, all right, well, well, give me a number, and and I'll call you. I'm like, okay. So I gave him my number, you know, and you know we, you know, hugged it out, and then he went back in. And I started to go back into the forge. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, I've met Michael Jordan tonight, and OJ. And I just ran into Rodman. And then my phone rings. And I answer. He goes, hey, it's Dennis. I just want to make sure you didn't give me a fake number. Bye. <laughs> I never heard from him again. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, so I literally sat in the forge the rest of the night and just contemplated that entire night's right. events. Like, <laughs> what I met happened? Michael Jordan. I met O.J. Simpson. And Dennis Rodman was trying to get me to go overseas to, to meet his buddy overseas there. Was it... Uh, or was that Korea? Was he doing that? Is he doing something? Is it North Korea? North or? Korea, whatever he was yeah. doing. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, it's great. Come over. And I'm like, I'm, I'm good, man. I don't. I was going to say, what well, made this like so crazy? There. But you answered all the questions. I yeah. just told the story. This yeah. is insane. Like, I, I don't, I'm not. I got another friend of mine that keeps telling me, oh, you got to come to my home country. You got to come to Colombia. I'm like, no. I know I am a seven foot white dude. And there are some places I just. I don't need to go. Right. You can't just blend in. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to blend. You know, I go to Columbia. It looks like, Hey, kidnap material. You know what I mean? Oh, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm comfortable I'm, here in the United I'm States. Good. I'll stay right here. Maybe Canada. Those, yeah. Canada, Mexico. No problems. Yeah. Whatever yeah. you need. Hey, I've gone to South America and wrestle. I'm good. You know, Argentina and Peru. I'm, you know, I'm good. Um, Columbia. I don't think they want me there. Good. Hey, I want to talk a little bit about all wrestling, just the, the right. run that has been going on for you. Obviously, we're doing stuff with Dark Elevation, and, and also, I mean, I know you uh, had recently had a knee surgery. Yeah. So, do you feel like when when things start feeling better with the knee, that well, there's yeah, a chance the that surgery, we'll see you in the ring again? It's funny, as I had my hip done in 2021, right, and then just as I started to make a return, uh, I had a left knee that was bad for 12 years that it finally. Uh, flew the coop on me. So I had, a, I had my knee done uh, August of uh, 2022. Right. So we've done, uh, it's been over a full year now, which the knee replacements take a lot longer than the hip replacements. Like my hips are great. Uh, the it's knee, crazy the technology on the hip replacements it's now. It's unreal. The knee yeah. replacement's one that was a little iffy. And I that's why I put the knee off for so long is because I'd heard all the stories, but I've got full range of motion on it. Everything's good. We passed that point. So now um, I've been working really hard, strength and conditioning, doing some uh, some great stuff there, working with uh, a guy at Hard Knocks Gym, a guy by the name of Rob McIntyre. Okay. Um, who is, uh, he's, I call him Dr. Frankenstein now. I'm doing stuff I've, I don't think I've ever done in my career. I'm pushing sleds and pulling sleds and uh, squatting and mm-hmm. things that I've never done in my life before. And I've only been working with him now about, probably about five weeks and we've already made some tremendous gains. So for me right now, it's just uh, continue to push that envelope, be stronger, be better. And uh, whenever uh, the opportunity presents itself. And that's the thing about AEW. It's a little bit of a luxury for me. 
There's so much tremendous talent in AEW now um, and so many young talent that deservedly um, uh, earned that TV time and earned Mm -hmm. their card time and spot time. Um, So my thing with me, I'm with being interjected here and there, you know, and doing whatever role I can to help AEW. I do a lot of work with uh, AEW and our AEW Together, which is our community relations stuff. Um, do a lot of media stuff like this. Yeah. You know, I've done some stuff, uh, overseas stuff where we did the Wembley show. I went over there and did some stuff. And then again, get an opportunity to promote this weekend with Collision. And then going to Sunday at uh, um, Wrestle Dream is going to be ridiculous. That card at Wrestle it's Dream, insane. every match on that card is basically could be a main event yep. anywhere in the country. Everything I look at, I'm mean, just like, oh, it man. has got every star that AEW has to offer is pretty much on that star in. In championship matches, there's Ring of Honor tag titles, there's AEW tag titles, there's TBS championship, TNT championship. I mean, uh, you're going to have the Young Bucks, you're going to have Orange Cassidy, Hook, Kenny Omega. There's going to be so many, Darby Allen and Kristen Cage. I mean, Brian Danielson, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Danielson, Seattle's very own. Yes. Yes. Um, You know, that's kind of a dream match, too. So um, to to see all that talent this weekend, this is going to be a great. This I think looking at this card, this is one of the most stacked cards we've had in AEW this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, Seattle's getting a heck of a treat this weekend. And Seattle's just such a, a, a hotbed for f- wrestling fans. And, oh, and yeah, the last well, time showed up strong, so hopefully everyone shows up again just to, to, to show that love for all the wrestlers that are in well, that if ring. If you like wrestling and you miss this weekend, you're, you're an, an idiot. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You are. Yeah, yeah. you are. <laughs> hey, so I know you say you'd be up for just coming in for a match here, match there, but if you could, like if if – Tony Khan says, whatever the story is, what feud would you like to have? Do you have well, someone that you're like, man, I would love to not just have a match, but like have a story with this person because I see so much yeah, potential. You know, it's funny. I'd love to have, and I've said this before, I'd love to have a good singles match and a good story with Kenny. Yeah. Because like, Kenny is a guy that, you know, where I came from before in WWE, I was very, and you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a box. We're working so much and we're doing so much. I didn't see that much outside of the box. Obviously, I knew who Kenny Omega was. But I never got a chance to really sit and watch him work. And Kenny Omega and I, I think, uh, if I got my act together, could have an incredible big guy, smaller guy match. Whether, you know, personally, I'd love to be the heel in that scenario. Yeah. And just beat the dog mess out of him. <laughs> yes. And watch how he creatively finds a way to topple a giant. I think Kenny is brilliant in his style and some of the stuff he does execution-wise. If I had a dream tag partner, I'd love to team up with Jericho again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always love tagging with Jericho. And I think as far as personal big man feuds, I think as he gets a little bit more seasoned, I think the obvious run-in would be me and Sonnen Singh at some point. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I'd like to do something different with Sonnen. I wouldn't mind doing like what they did with me where they had Undertaker and I worked under Undertaker for a little bit and we tagged mm-hmm. together because that was a great learning experience for me. Uh, I wouldn't mind doing that with Sotman me either. The only problem is if you put Sotman and I together, who the hell's going to beat us? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that might kill your entire tag team division. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of if buts and maybes. But right now, um, I'm just super happy to be here in AEW, and I'm super impressed with this young talent that is so hungry and so innovative with their choices and uh, uh, just the fire, the energy that they have, the um, a lot of it too is is the the hunger and the humility that goes on with it because 
you know, yeah, right now AEW is a smaller company, but they're making so many big strides and doing so many things well. And uh, Tony Khan does a fantastic job of giving the talent the opportunity to express themselves. It's not, uh, that's the thing about AEW that's impressive. It's not your machine cookie cutter, stand here, face the camera here, pose here. This is your ring entrance. This is your gear. It's not that structured. That's the thing about AEW. There's a lot of freedom for the talent as it used to be back in the day where the talent kind of created and dictated how they wanted to present themselves. Um, and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to have successes, but you know, but you're that's going what to makes have, wrestling fun. You're going to have true authentic stars. I mean, yeah. you look at MJF, he's one of the most authentic heels I've seen in a long time. I mean, when's the last time you had a heel that you hated so much, but absolutely still liked, right? Like in my mind, like I go back, go back to flair. Yeah. Cause like to me, MJF is a modern day flair S there's only going to ever be one Ric Flair. Right. You know, and Ric Flair was, you know, one in a billion back then and, and still is to this day. I mean, you know, um, but to see how MJF and the way he came in and how he started and how he worked his way up and what he's created and the character that he's done and the, and the work that he puts out in his, 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 when he grabs a microphone, it's entertaining. Yeah. He tells a story in the ring. He looks good. You know what I mean? He does all the things right to be a star, you know, and it's nice to see. And that was all created by him. It's it's, you know? it's, it's a blast to watch. Like he can yeah. turn a, a double clothesline into something that people are chanting and yeah. excited about. Oh, that double drop kick. The, the, double, kangaroo, the, oh, the, the kangaroo, kangaroo drop kick. kick. Yeah. Kangaroo drop kick. Like, you know, <laughs> or you the would headlock think, takeover or the body slam. I, I love it. Yeah, but that's the thing in wrestling. If you do something, it should mean something. So. Um, you know, yeah, there's, there's, there's two ways of looking at it. You can have a very structured environment where everything is laid out. This is a blueprint for success. If you do A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, uh, this will work and we'll put this on TV. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that becomes very standardized, you know, um, some are able to rise above that and create lasting careers. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have that authenticity that comes through with like an MJF, um, it just hits a different. It just hits you in the gut different, and it's more. It's just more authentic. Well, Paul, it's, I, I don't want to keep you all day. I could no. I mean, selfishly, like I, I. And I'm not saying it's because you're here, <laughs> but I listen to so many of your interviews over the years and recently as well. It's just like every time I listen, I walk away with something. Because I, I, I mentioned before I we started the interview, I, I wrestle in the independents, and right. everything you say are stuff that I'm like, yes, oh my gosh, this makes all the sense in the world, and I'm yeah. like. It, I could wrestling. be a nerd about the wrestling stuff, but man, no, like no. you always give such great wisdom. Well, it, it's it's hard earned wisdom because believe me, I don't think anybody made more mistakes than than I have. Uh, just from everything, from locker room attitude to performance, to uh, A to Z, I've made it all wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've pissed the wrong people off here and there just by being stupid and <laughs> and you know, there's no saying not knowing a role. You know, I remember. And I've said this before in interviews, but it's one of my favorites because it was a very hard lesson. I remember going to Taker one time, and I just wanted to pat on the back. And Taker was probably the, my biggest mentor in my career was Undertaker. Undertaker and Arn Anderson mm-hmm. were the two biggest influence. Fit Finley, too. Fit Finley was great. Um, <laughs> I just think of Fit Finley. When I did something stupid, Fit Finley would just laugh at me <laughs> so that I knew it was wrong. <laughs> I'd come through the curtain and Fit would just start laughing at me. I'm like, yeah, that was stupid. All right. But uh, I went to take him one time. I said, oh, is there anything you see? Like every young guy wants advice 
but it's whether or not you apply that advice. Sometimes, especially nowadays, they don't want advice, they want a pat on the back. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna get a pat on the back. Mm-hmm. If you want advice, you're gonna get advice. If you're doing something well, sure, you know you're doing it well. But if you want advice in wrestling, because it's it's under the microscope so much, this is what you need to change and everything else is fine. Right. So, but younger wrestlers don't understand that. So I went to take her and I was like, is there, is there anything I can do? Is there anything you, you, you see, you know, any advice? Taker looks at me and he thinks really hard because Taker's a, a smart ass. Taker goes, yeah, I'll give you some advice. You should take two weeks off and quit the business. <laughs> and he walked off. And I was like, oh my God. Like, like I mean, it hit so hard. Yeah. But now, being a veteran and the experience I have now, I get it. Like, there's nothing Taker could tell me then that would have sunk into my head. Yeah. Because yeah. there were so many things. Because you were super young compared to everybody. Dude, I was 22, 23 years old yep. when I beat Hogan. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think I just turned 23. So, um, you know, I'm a world champion at 23, my first match. Like, you know, um, <laughs> the thing to do is to just, is to, to listen more and talk less. And don't be so encouraged as a new talent to impress everybody with what you know. You know, it's more of consistency is the main thing. Go out, tell your story, present your character, have a good match, be safe, you know, because wrestling, and I'll, and I'll say it, yeah, wrestling's a work. You know what I mean? You're working with your opponent, you're working with the referee, and you're working with the crowd. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to create an environment where the goal of professional wrestling is not so that you look like a badass, or that your opponent looks like a badass. The goal of wrestling, if you do it right, you get the fans so emotionally invested for that brief nanosecond, couple of minutes, that one match, whatever it is you can do, you suspend their belief. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know that Iron Man isn't real. Right. But Robert Downey Jr., in that context, can suspend your belief and you believe in Iron Man because you're mostly invested in the character. Yeah. You're on the journey. So when you're wrestling, the wrestling greats, the ones that have impacted your life and got you emotionally invested, are the ones that that took the time to do those things right. Whether it be Roddy Piper, or whether it be Ric Flair, or whether it be Hulk Hogan, um, you know, whether it be MJF, Kenny Omega, you know, um, those are people that that in some way or shape or form, you know. Because when you try to explain wrestling to other fans, oh, yeah, 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 wrestling. But that one time. Yes. But that one time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And 100%. Then, and then I don't want to be heartbreaking and be like, it's not just one time, it's all the time. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? There is no one time. No, I It was that sense. one time we did our job and got you emotionally invested. And, and that's, that's the entertainment payoff for it is you're going to get great athletic competition. You're going to get emotionally invested characters that you can care about that you want to root for or that you want to boo and it's a spectacle of athletes so i'm thinking it's on the line because these championships they do mean something to the talent and the opportunity to perform at these pay-per-views you know it's not a job Mm -hmm. it means something yeah and it's important for them to build their career to connect with the audience and and you know and to continue to do what they wanted to do what they want to do and be a part of pro wrestling. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of factors going into it, but, but if I was younger talent, I would say talk less and, uh, 
and watch more and be honest with yourself. But today's social media, you have Instagram, you have Twitter, you have Facebook, you have everybody and their brother and mother are going to tell you what you should and shouldn't do Mm -hmm. or who you are. Um, You have to know who you are as a talent. You can't believe everything written good about you and you can't believe everything written bad about you. So you don't interact with that. You know, so, oh, you're the greatest ever, man. Okay, well, be humble. Say thank you. Yeah. Don't let it go to your head. Mm-hmm. You're the ever-living, drizzling garbage pail. You should not. <laughs> okay, well, I know I'm not. Right. But that's okay. That's your opinion. Right, and we can have different opinions. And we can have different yeah. opinions. Yeah, I may not be your style. I'm not your dude. That's okay. But I know that to other people, I am. Mm-hmm. I know what I mean to my, my teammates in the locker room, you know, the people I work with. I know what I bring to the table. It's easier for me to come from that standpoint at this stage of the game. I understand that. But when you're younger, you really need to know where you are on the scale. You know, your friends will pump up and tell you the best and you should be world champion. You may not be able to lace your friggin' boots considered somebody that's seasoned. Yep. But with a good attitude and hard work and say yes to everything. Treat every job. That was the wisest thing that was ever told to me. Yeah. Treat every day like your first day on the job. Because your first day on the job, what are you? You're awake, you're alert, you're receptive. You say hello to everyone. Excited to meet everyone. Excited yeah. to meet everyone. Hey, hey, what's going on? How you right. doing? I'm Paul White. Or, hey, how you doing today? You just Even if you don't know that, hello. You acknowledge people you work with. You always stay upbeat and don't be a whiner and a bitcher. It doesn't help you in pro wrestling. Nobody cares about your travel. Nobody cares about your drama. Right. Save it. Be the guy because everybody that people love in wrestling are guys that don't bring drama to work. They bring a good attitude. They're going to put butts in seats, and the crowd's going to have a good time. And that's the guy that the fellow that's a person. That's you can a talent, whatever that is. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. that is. You want to be if you want to be successful, and say yes to everything. I think that can apply to everything. Yeah, well, yeah. it is yeah. a good rule for life. Yeah, but it doesn't matter just because. Okay, one day you're getting beat up. That's not the end of the world. It's not because most people don't remember that. You know what I mean? It's. It's a consistency of going out there and making them like you or making them hate you and, and doing your job and performing at its highest that makes the impact. So, um, yeah, you know, I there's a lot of wisdom there, but it's tough when you're younger because you're, you're hungry and you want to reinvent the wheel yeah. and you want to make your mark. And I understand all that, and that will happen. But, you know, don't, don't put the cart before the horse. You know, be hungry, be aggressive, be positive. Be energetic. Uh, be receptive. It's not how much you got to tell everybody how much you know. Be receptive. Mm-hmm. I tag team with Chris Jericho, and I learned so much after already being in the business however many years before Jericho and I started tagging together about tag team wrestling. And I had some incredible tag team partners along the way, but I learned something new with Chris awesome. Jericho because my mind was open. And I was receptive to what we were doing. Yeah. Wow, that's different. I never thought of that. Same thing with coming to AEW. There was different styles where I was in WWE. I came to AEW. I'm like, yeah, there is more than one way to do it. Yeah. But it's about synergy. It's about positive attitude. And it's about, you know, keeping things in line. Uh, I was going to say, hey, do you have any words of wisdom I could play for the guys I train with? I'm going to just play that this last few minutes because this is incredible. It's not really that hard. That's the thing is people say, oh, do what you love and all that. Agree. Find something you love to do. But don't remember that of all, if you're in pro wrestling, and whether it's an independent show, an AEW show, or a WWE show, okay, let's, let's, let's throw some math at you. The billions of people on this planet, we'll rough estimate, we know that 
they're most, a good percentage will say, uh, know about wrestling. And we'll say a smaller percentage uh, watch wrestling frequently. You're still into the millions of people that watch wrestling either online or tune into their favorite programming or come to the local independent events. Out of all those billions of people, you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You're wearing the boots. You laced them up. You sacrificed birthdays. You sacrificed anniversaries. You sacrificed going out and partying with your friends. You sacrificed relationships to be a professional wrestler. Don't drag anything else into that that takes it away from being a professional wrestler. Be grateful. Yeah. You know, something you looked up to when you were a kid. Boots up, have dream. a good time. Yep. Be a positive guy in the, in the locker room. Don't be a guy that gets wrapped up in drama and BS and somebody else, oh, he's getting a push, she's getting a push. It doesn't matter. I promise you, you work hard and do all these things right, you're going to get a push too. Because mm-hmm. it can't be denied. It won't be denied. Yeah. What keeps people from getting ahead? And they can say, oh, it's politics. No, it's not politics. It's your attitude. Yep. There are going to be some people that have it better than you. That's life. That's business. Warren Buffett has it better than me financially right now. I don't hate on him for it. He's made different choices. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? He's 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 brought something different to the table. But, but I'm look sure if at, you talked to him and he heard your story, you'd be like, I wish I got to do those story. It's so crazy. How it that doesn't is. matter. Yeah. But I look at it like this. Never begrudge anyone else's success because they showed you that it's possible. So then it's up for you to find the right way to make it happen for yourself. It is possible. Nothing's impossible. It can be done in wrestling. It can be done. It's incredible. The only thing that stops you is your own attitude. Dude, I, 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 I don't want to make it about me, obviously, but like that's been my whole mindset. It's like I just want to be a better version of me every time I get it. Because I started late. I did it just because I loved it. And then it became like a thing where I'm like, I did When my kid's old enough to be like, hey, if you think you can't do something. So long story short, I got to be in the ring at AEW for one of the enhancement talents right. for in Portland. And right. I got clotheslined to hell by uh, Jake Hager, and it was incredible. Oh, I've been closed by him, yeah. Well, He's like yeah. wrestling a bag of hammers, yeah. Dude, I couldn't speak for two weeks after that clothesline, and everyone on everyone that was listening to our show, because I had a raspy voice, they're like, are you selling what happened? Like, is this yeah. like, so I'm like, no, this guy came in, like, I turned around, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to murder me because I put his hat on. That was a very bad choice on my part. Oh yeah, you're the idiot that put the hat I'm on. I'm the idiot that put the hat on. Wow, yes. that so, makes so much sense. We you, all know, don't tuck, don't touch his hat. I put the hat on. I was a moron. <laughs> yeah, besides, it's such an ugly hat. Why would you want to? You know, it's purple. I like purple too. Yeah, Purple's yeah. a good color. It I fit like nice for Tenth of a second. Tenth of a second, yeah. And then you got two weeks to remember it. (laughs) But all I can remember is that that moment was just like, one day my kid's going to be like, I don't know if I could do something like this. I'm like, come over here to YouTube. I want to show you something that your dad did that everyone said he was stupid to even think he could pull off. And and it's, but it was just the attitude of like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do anything with this, but I'm having a blast and I want to just be a good person around everyone that I'm around. And that goes back to knowing who you are too, because plenty of people out there will tell you they can't because they look Mm -hmm. at you and think of themselves. Yes. They say, well, I can't do that, so you can't do that. Yes. You got to know who you are. Yep. Yep. You know I'm not I mean? asking you to do it. I'm trying. I'm just doing well, it because I love it. it you know? yeah. And if you can't say good luck, if you can't say, okay, be honest with me. Hey, that's going to be really hard, but I hope you do. That's mm-hmm. still positive. But if you're going to shoot somebody down, then don't listen to them. Yep. You know what I mean? You're not going to turn the TV on if it's white noise and static. So <laughs> right, you're not going to watch that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why why listen to the other static either? Know who you are. Again, be honest with yourself. 
But, you know, that's just words of wisdom in life anyway. But, again, you want to see some great wrestling, some amazing talent this weekend. Collision, Saturday, Climate Pledge Arena. Yep. Tickets available at AEW, tickets, ticketmaster.com. Sunday, Wrestle Dream. The big pay It is a dream card. Uh, if you're a wrestling fan, you're in Seattle, you have the opportunity to come see this show. If you don't come, you're, you're an, an idiot. idiot. <laughs> Paul, thank you, my friend. Thank you, bud. It's been a blast. I follow Paul on all the socials, at Paul White as well. You can see yeah, that I great picture. I still don't know how to run this yet, so if I'm not following you, just I'll figure it out by the end of the no, show. Every so. few weeks, you, you post a picture, it's good to go. I know, I know. They say, oh, you have to post. I'm like, <laughs> why? I'm not doing anything. But, you you got to read the comments. You got to deal with all that other stuff. I'd say, no, I'll, it's fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll <laughs> okay. do better. I'll do better. I'll do better. <laughs> hey, man, thank you for taking many minutes out. Uh, Thanks, I really dude. appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Thank, thank you. you.